0: Hey cuz, welcome to the next episode of How Good It Is, the show that takes a closer look at songs from the rock and roll era and we check out some of the stories behind those songs. And this week, we're looking at some Pink Floyd. How good it is. Before we get rolling, I'm going to ask you to please consider supporting the show as a patron. My current cadre of patrons is small, but they are loyal and they help pay for the new theme music that you just heard. For just 5 bucks a month, there is a newsletter every week that catches you up on music news of the present and the past, which means most people didn't get anything from me the past few weeks, but the patrons got regular updates because they're cool. Click on the link on the website or point your browser to patreon.com slash ow, how good it is. Now, I don't usually talk about my other podcast, but if you can't promote yourself once in a while, well, what can you promote? My other podcast is called Words and Movies, and my co-host Sean Gallagher and I Well, we find two movies with a common thread between them, and we do a little compare and contrast. Sean is the genius in that one, and I'm just the sidekick. But if you want to learn a lot about the art of film, Words and Movies is a pretty good place to go. The website is wordsandmovies.com, and it looks suspiciously similar to the howgooditis.com website. Go figure. All right, I've got another good bit of trivia for you from the folks at uh, The Sound of Vinyl. According to that website, what David Bowie song has been covered more than any other? This one might come as a surprise to you. Maybe not. I don't know. I will say there were a few surprises for me in that top 10, though. And I'll have that answer for you near the end of the show. Today we're looking at Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd, and I think this makes Pink Floyd only the third artist I've covered more than once on this show. Wish You Were Here is the title cut from the album of the same name, so let's look for a moment at the album as a whole. Because Wish You Were Here is definitely an album that's designed to be a larger piece, and you often can't even think about one track on this album without thinking about the others. And while Dark Side of the Moon, The Wall, and Animals also have a central theme to them, Wish You Were Here has more of a, a more of a cohesive feel to me, almost like a single continuous work composed of smaller pieces where the other ones are collections of songs that have a common theme stitched together. Strictly my opinion, that's what that is, and you are absolutely welcome to disagree with it. Wish You Were Here has a lot of subtextual layers to it. It is a tribute to former member Sid Barrett who left the group a few years earlier after a mental breakdown. It's a critique of the music business, and it is a reflection on the distance that the band saw growing between themselves and their audiences as their fame grew. Remember that before Dark Side of the Moon, Pink Floyd was making music pretty much for themselves and a relatively small but dedicated group of fans. Now, all of a sudden, they're multi-millionaires, but they're also a potential source of serious income for the label and the relationships between the individual members was starting to show a little bit of strain. Now, while the album Wish You Were Here has all that, I would argue that Wish You Were Here, the song, encapsulates all of the above. And by that point in the album, we've been introduced to each of those elements, and the last 12 minutes of the album, Shine On You Crazy Diamond, parts 6 through 9, are just a coda to the whole thing. So, let's dive in, shall we? To begin with, it's a relatively rare instance of Roger Waters and David Gilmour working together on a song, since they usually worked individually. Gilmour had worked out the initial riff, and he was playing it in the studio, but he was playing it at a much faster tempo than the one you're used to hearing. Waters heard it and asked him to play it again, but slower. From there, the pair worked on the music for the chorus and the verses together, and Waters put together the lyrics. Now we have to remember that we were still dealing with the constraints of the media, that is, the album having two sides. So chances are, if Pink Floyd were recording this in the streaming era, or even in the CD era, they would have had all the songs segue one to the next, and therefore the ending of Welcome to the Machine would have been different and so would the beginning of Have a Cigar because they would have connected to one another. But otherwise, in putting together a cohesive whole of an album, all the other songs do segue together. And the change from Have a Cigar to Wish You Were Here is one of the more clever ones of the rock era. So, you have uh, David Gilmore cranking away on his electric guitar and Richard Wright's synthesizer providing counterpoint when suddenly there's kind of an electronic sweep and both the volume and the sound quality drop dramatically so that it sounds as though we're listening to it through an old transistor radio. But here's the thing. When you're listening to it on the radio, Radio stations have something called a compressor, which works to even out the overall volume of everything, so that when radio stations play this song, the transistor radio part sounds pretty much as loud as everything else, and you lose the effect. When you're listening on an LP or a CD, however, you can hear a dramatic change. Now I typically put this show through a bunch of processing, but I'm going to do my best to preserve the effect here. Okay, let me stop it for a moment here so I can describe what's coming next. What we get now is somebody tuning the radio off that station and seeking through a couple of other things before finally landing on Wish You Were Here. For this part of the record, David Gilmore recorded himself tuning through his own Cars radio. So there's some random tuning noises, there's a snippet from a radio play, there's a few notes of Tchaikovsky's Fourth Symphony, and finally the opening notes of Wish You Were Here being played on a 12 string guitar. Now at this point, we've moved away from the radio and into a recording that's been processed to sound like it's on the radio. In fact, now they're adding in the whine of what are called heterodynes in the radio signal. That's those high-pitched whistling noises that you hear, especially when you're listening to AM radio stations from far away. Now, before I go any further, let me remind you, at the end of the last episode, I promised you we'd be talking about a song that uses Tchaikovsky in it. So I want it on the record. I kept that promise. All right, let's listen in a little bit more closely. The song is playing on the radio. We hear a man enter the room cough, sniffle, and then he starts to play along with the radio, until finally the radio disappears, and we're left with Gilmore soloing, and then the rest of the band comes in. And discipline, it remains mercifully. Yes, and um, neither would you, Derek, this star nonsense. Yeah, yeah. No, it is it. I'm sure of it. Think could tell. And as I mentioned a long time ago, way back in episode 11, Gilmore didn't intend to cough and sniffle on the recording, but he was a pretty heavy smoker at the time, and it happened to get caught on tape. So they left it in because it sounded so natural. Uh, reportedly, Gilmore did in fact quit smoking after that little incident. Now, while the album is generally accepted to be a tribute to Sid Barrett, there's a little bit of disagreement about this song specifically. Waters, for his part, says that the lyrics were directed at himself, a kind of exhortation to be present in your own life, as exemplified by the line about accepting a lead role in a cage versus taking on a walk on part in a war. But he does concede that it's at least open to interpretation. the other hand says he can't play the song without thinking about sid barrett and one of those weird coincidences of life as they were putting the final touches on the album an unexpected guest wandered into the abbey road studios roger waters not knowing who the man was asked if anybody knew him and then richard wright realized it was sid barrett he had put on a lot of weight and he shaved both his head and his eyebrows Now while the album's lyrics dealt with Barrett's illness and absence, graphic designer Storm Thorgerson had a slightly different concept in mind for the album's cover art. He saw the lyrics as representing a kind of unfulfilled presence, as though something was missing. And so he and photographer Aubrey Powell were inspired by the idea that people tend to hide the way that they really feel about things for fear of being burned, as the saying goes, and that's why we have the image of the two businessmen shaking hands with one of them on fire. Now, the image was always meant to have the man on fire being on the right side of the photo, but when they were taking the photo, the wind was blowing the wrong way and it was endangering the stuntmen, so they had to shoot it the other way and then flip the image later on. On the back cover, we have an empty suit selling Pink Floyd materials. The inner sleeve has a nude woman concealed by a veil and a person diving into a water, but there's no splash. All of these last three have something essentially absent from them, the clothes on the woman, the missing splash, and the suit without a body in it. And when it was first released, the album was wrapped in an opaque sleeve with only a sticker identifying it, giving us the absence of a cover as well in the record store. The sticker had the same image as the label on the album with the two mechanical hands engaged in a handshake, Thus, another empty gesture. Wish You Were Here was released as a single in September of 1975, and while it got a bunch of airplay on the album-oriented FM stations, it didn't chart anywhere until a re-release in 2012 when it did manage to register on some European charts. And there were two reasons for this resurgence. First, because it was played at the closing ceremony of the London Olympics that year, as performed by Ed Sheeran, uh, Richard Jones from the band The Feeling, Mike Rutherford from Genesis, and Pink Floyd's own Nick Mason on drums. But there was also a re-release of the original album that year, and so both versions were briefly on the charts at the same time. There's also a difference between the 1975 version and the 2012 re-release, though. In the original 1975 version, you have to listen very carefully to hear it, but violinist Stefan Grappelli can be heard briefly near the end of the song while the wind is blowing. It's so faint and so brief that Grappelli wasn't even credited on the album, supposedly because they didn't want to insult him with such a small contribution. But in the 2012 version, he's much more prominent in the mix. The only other notable cover of this song, I think, would be from Wyclef Jean, who included a soul reggae version on his album titled The Eclectic, Two Sides to a Book, and Jean tosses in a few bonus lyrics, giving Pink Floyd a shout-out. Critics, don't mistake this for just any cover tune, I'ma take y'all to the dark side of the moon. Kicking in my mom's womb, this song was just a thought A young refugee, labeled, just come with a passport Dad used to tell me about the American dream My dream was waking up in the projects, a young teen Listen to hip-hop, my brother tuned me into rock Put me up on Pink Floyd, a band from the British blocks. Whether you are in the head Now it's time to answer our trivia question. Back on page two, I asked you what David Bowie song has been covered more than any other. Well, let's run through the top 10 based on collating done by The Sound of Vinyl. At number 10, we have Rebel Rebel with 22 covers. In the number nine position is The Man Who Sold the World, which has also been covered 22 times. So I guess you could say those two are tied for ninth. At number eight is Let's Dance, which has been covered 25 times. Edging that one out with 26 covers is Starman taking the number seven spot. At number six is Under Pressure, which has been covered 31 times. The number five song with 35 covers is This Is Not America. That was a little bit of a surprise for me, I got to admit. Also a little bit of a surprise was this one, Ashes to Ashes, which holds the number four slot with 38 covers. At number three is Life on Mars, yet another surprise for me, which has been covered 42 times. Are you excited yet? We're in the top two. And number two is my guess for number one. It was Space Oddity, which has been covered 55 times. But the number one Bowie song for covers with 61 would be Heroes, which we talked about half a lifetime ago in episode number 66. And if I was a betting man, I'd bet a huge percentage of those covers are fairly recent, despite the song being over 40 years old. And that, my friend, is a full lid on another edition of How Good It Is. If you enjoy the show, please take the time to share it with someone, maybe even leave a rating somewhere. And now you can support the show over at patreon.com slash howgooditis. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can email me at howgoodpodcast at gmail.com or you can follow the show on Twitter or Instagram at howgooditis. You can also visit, like, and follow the show's Facebook page at facebook.com slash howgooditispod or... You can check out the show's website, howgooditis.com, where you might find a few extra bits. Thank you, as usual, to Podcast Republic for featuring the show and for the favor you showed to my podcast pal Jeremiah last week. Next time around, we're going to find out how good it is when we check out another song without a chorus by Blood, Sweat & Tears. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time.